Welcome to the Pub Sports Podcast. I am your host, Nathan Alford, coming to you today from Studio B with the Coaches Show. And uh, today it's pretty exciting. You know, we've had uh, McKenna coming on all season long, and now we've got a game coming up in which it is against a bitter rival opponent like Ferris. And uh, getting Coach to be able to weigh in on, you know, the prep that's gone into this game and, uh, you know, what to look forward to. Now, uh, we get to the coach's corner after that with Scott Alford and uh, break down the Ferris Saxons a little bit and also get into our all-in segment. And now here's where it brings me to this. We're going to start giving some giveaways, and it's going to benefit from your participation, and uh, your participation is going to be pretty easy. All right. Now, just because of the fact that you participate doesn't mean you're an automatic winner but you'll go into kind of a raffle, sort of speak, to win. So here's how it's going to work. The all-in segment that we do uh, every week in which we ask five questions, we say all-in or all-out, uh, whether we agree or disagree with the statements in which Scott provides to us. What I need from you guys is this, for your participation to enter into a drawing. Now, it's going to be two separate drawings. The kids, all right, if you are a student, the way it works is this. You respond to the all-in questions to the email. Okay, Our email is pupsports1 at gmail.com. All right, again, that's pupsports1 at gmail.com. All right, I'll also put that in the bio of the show. All right, now you respond with the questions and the answers to the all-in or all-out, whether you know, you're in, all-in, or all-out. You're entered into the drawing to win five bucks, all right? Five bucks to the cafeteria. Pretty valuable, okay? Pretty valuable stuff. You know, that buys you a pup muffin, that buys you a burrito, and uh, that, that buys you lunch maybe one day. So your participation, you email the show with your the questions we asked and your responses. You're entered into the drawing. We'll make it a weekly uh, occurrence where we give that giveaway every week. Now. For the alumni and the parents out there, here's what we're going to do. I have purchased, all right, I have purchased a stadium seat. Now, this stadium seat uh, will be rather useful as we get closer and closer to playoffs as the weather gets a little chillier, all right, and those, those metal bleachers get a little colder, all right. I have purchased a stadium seat, and the way it's going to work is this week, listen to the show. Same thing as, as the kids. Give me the all-in questions, all five of them. Give me your answers. Email the show, pupsports1 at gmail.com. Enter to win that stadium seat, okay? So what we'll do is this. This week, I'll gather all of the input. I'll give you guys, uh, I'll give you till Saturday, okay? That way, if you're a late listener, you don't listen until to Friday, you have until Saturday to submit to me the questions, the answers. I will choose one kid or one student. I will choose one alumni, one parent. All right. Um, and also, too, in those emails, let me know who you are. That way I know. I mean, a lot of people's emails are like QDPI23 out there. That doesn't help me. Okay. I need to know your name. All right. So um, you can do that. Email the show. One other avenue. If you want to send me a direct message on Facebook via the Facebook page for Pub Sports Podcast, go ahead. I'll, I'll accept that, too. So, again, you get that information into me, 
stadium seat will be raffled off to the alumni slash parent. And then uh, for the students out there, I'll choose one student for uh, the $5 to the cafeteria. Okay, so to uh, to start today's show off, we've got Dave McKenna and our uh, weekly coach's corner. And then uh, we bring Scott Alford on to talk Ferris Saxon football and then uh, end with the all-in segment, which you want to pay attention to and uh, get in touch with the show, okay? And, uh, yeah, just enjoy the show, and uh, we'll see you out there at Albia at 7.30 on Thursday. Go Pups. The Bull Pups 4-1 now on the year and tied for first place in the GSL. Got Ferris coming up this week. Coach joining us for his uh, weekly interview. Coach, I know you're coming off a of bye. What did you do during that bye week? Uh, well, actually, I, I went back to South Bend, Indiana, watched Notre Dame play football. It was a great little uh, little break for during the season. You usually don't get that, but it was a lot of fun to do that. Took my, I went with my wife and my son, Ryan. So it was a lot of fun. That's awesome. Uh, was that your first time back there in uh, South Bend? First time. First time in South Bend. Unbelievable campus, unbelievable school. Yeah, touchdown Jesus, man. That's awesome. Now, uh... <laughs> <laughs> A lot more than that. It was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, I know typically with coming off a of bye week, uh, usually there's some concerns with your players. How are they going to respond? How have you felt like uh, the players have responded this week in practice? We were concerned with that. You know, we talked as coaches before because we gave them Thursday and Friday off. But, uh, one was, but it was really healthy for us. We need to get some guys healthy and, and rest it up, and then you get caught up in the schoolwork, and they did that. And then uh, coming out Monday for practice, they did an outstanding job. They came out with great energy about them. Um, and I uh, was really just really pleased with their their effort this week, and so I think the bye really helped us this year. But it, it is a concern, and and um, uh, but I think they responded to it really well. Yeah. So playing on a Thursday this week, uh, what are the advantages when it's a short week? Typically, if you're not coming off a of bye, but what are the advantages of now coming back off a of bye and playing on Thursday? Uh, we you can have a normal practice Monday and a normal practice Tuesday and pregame and Wednesday, so you know it doesn't doesn't do a whole bunch different for us. Uh, you know, you, I don't look at uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, play on Friday. It's the same time. You get three days to prepare and go. And so it was a normal week for us. Uh, it's just a different name to the day of the week. So uh, it worked out really well for us. Yeah. Now we're more than halfway through the season. Uh, your team leaders, have you been satisfied, pleased with those guys that have emerged? Oh, yeah. It's been, it's been great, and it's been uh, – pleasure to watch and then it's really they're fun to coach you know um they just all of them you know we call it we talked about 11 plus and it's been 11 plus guys that practice every day getting better and and then come friday night saturday uh or uh, thursday night they're going to show up and play and and give them this best effort it's great yeah now this is the first game this year at albie and uh what would you say is the toughest part about playing at the old home stadium that is known as joe albie stadium we're not as comfortable. We don't play there as much. And so the kids aren't as comfortable before, you know, it was our home field. And so, that, you know, you don't get out there quite as much. So it's a, just a different area, different uh, field. Um, it's still the same length. All that's the same, but uh, it's just a different feel. You know, we don't get on a bus very often. And so it's new to these kids. And, uh, but we have to, it's just what it is, what it is. It's just, uh, it'd be a fun time. And always, it's a good place to play. Yeah. Uh, you must have a lot of memories there as a player and coach. Uh, if I could ask you, what's one really happy memory that you have that sticks with you, and what's one that's, you know, still eats at you to this day? Uh, you know, I, yeah, it's a happy one. You know, I have to go back to 1987 when 
or 86 when we beat Kennewick in, in overtime down there in the, in the playoffs. It was a huge win, and, and that was pretty exciting, um, being a member of that team. Um, disappointing, you know, gosh, Evergreen, when we lost them in the state semis, um, and it was 2006, would have been pretty tough. Um, those are always tough losses to get over, but you know, sun comes up the next day and, and, uh, you realize you're pretty blessed to be where you're at. Yeah. Now, uh, you're coaching against uh, coach. You're out this week, which you have a history with. He coached at LC obviously. And now at Ferris, mm-hmm. what are some advantages and disadvantages of coaching against a coach you have a history with? Well, the advantage, you know, you kind of have an idea what they're going to do. Uh, disadvantage is he's pretty good at what he does. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, it goes both ways. He's a dang good coach, does a really good job, and gets his kids to play hard, and he's got good assistance. But at the same time, we have an idea what they're going to do. So uh, it's, it's, it boils down to who's going to execute. Yeah. Now, uh, when would you say that Ferris kind of emerged as Prep's true rival, or would you call him their your true rival? Uh, no, I, I wouldn't call it. I think everybody is, uh, it doesn't like prep um, <laughs> in, in a sense. So um, I just think it, it, it you know, if we tell our kids it's every game, every week. It's not, it's not the opponent we're playing. We, we really try to focus on what we do and uh, how we get better. And, and as young men, um, that's what we're trying to do. Uh, we're trying to help these guys grow in life. And so, um, we don't focus on the name of the opponent, right? We, we focus on what we need to do to get better, to beat the opponent, uh, whether it be, um, uh, you know, on offense, defense, special teams. Yeah, no, it's I, about us. Yeah, I know that you guys did get a little little chippy in the summer uh, against Ferris when you did scrimmage them. Any message to your kids this week about, you know, just playing with their hat and everything like that? And not Yeah, play your pats. Play your pats. Play smart. Play the, the football that we, we want our guys playing. You know, you, you – just in today's culture, guys, they think they have to talk a lot. They got to do all these gestures, and and that's just not football to me, and, and it's not the prep way to do things. And so we're focused on how we do things, and, and hopefully drove it home this week that we're going to do what we do and, and be who we are. And so um, hopefully they got that message. Yeah, and I know that uh, your guys' defense has been outstanding this year and really fun to watch, good team speed. And uh, Ferris, on the other hand, has put up – a fair amount of points in every week in which they've played minus CV. Um, what have you stressed your defense this week? We got to run the ball and we got to tackle well. You know, they run the ball well with their zone scheme and, and quick trap of the fullback. They do a good job at that, and, and their running backs run hard. Um, and then in the passing game, you know, they have some very talented receivers, long, tall, athletic, and and uh, kid gets it out there. And, and so we, when we have the opportunity to make plays, we need to make them, and then we got to tackle well. Yeah, you know, I, I feel like this week for you guys is one in which a team that matches up fairly well with you as far as speed goes, and one I'm really looking forward to, Coach. Now, uh, tomorrow, Albie, 7.30, I'll be there. I'm really looking forward to getting a win. Oh, look forward to it. We're going to have fun. We're going to do our best, and, and uh, we're going to give them what we got. And, and uh, at the end of the day, we'll see where we fall out. All right, go Pups, Coach. Thanks, Coach. Go Pups. Thanks so much for Dave McKenna joining the show today. Uh, such a privilege to talk to Coach even on National Testing Day, and uh, always thankful that he's willing to make time for the show. PSP, Holy smokes, man. Willing to make time for the show on his uh, commute home. So thanks again, Coach, for joining the program. Now, going in and shifting into things, we got Scott Alford coming on the program now. We're going to break down Ferris Saxon football, okay? And uh, it's, a, it's a bit of rivalry between the Saxons and Pups. And uh, one I look forward to every year because of the fact that 
Just those schools have never gotten along. So and, uh, and Plus, when you played them, the guy you were going against was huge. Yes, Dylan Beschel <laughs> was a gigantic individual. Yeah. In the fog bowl. Yeah, Dylan Beschel and then also, also uh, Drew Sharkey, Jim Sharkey's son, was uh, playing that year, I remember, too. Yeah, he was big. He was yeah. big, and um, the fourth quarter was in fog. Yes, but times have changed because of the fact that uh, both Ferris and Prep, I would say, is not as big as they were in past years. And that's probably the first similarity I see between these two teams is they play with a lot of speed, but the height and uh, you know thickness of kids is not really there. So I think that that's where they match up pretty well is they play with good team speed on both offense and defense, and so does Prep. So that should be really interesting to see of who wins when it's kind of an equal playing field type of thing. Yeah. I haven't seen Prep. I'm sorry. I haven't seen Ferris live. I watched a little bit of them on tape. Um, they like to light up the scoreboard. Golly, I think they've averaged 40 points a game. It's got to be close to 40, except for when they played uh, CV. Yeah, when they put up seven. But they played CV pretty tough. Mm-hmm. Um, but from what I've seen, um, they like to throw the ball around here and there. And uh, they like to go vertical. They like to stretch the field down the field. Um, a lot of pressure on your DBs and safeties. Um, they they look like they're pretty well coached as far as their spacing goes. You don't see a lot of receivers in the same area, that kind of thing. So um, I don't know much about their running game. You Slosser, said- number five. Uh, he's a small guy. He's only 5'8", but uh, he looks like he runs hard. He also plays defense, plays linebacker. And so tough kid. And, uh, I mean, still look like they still give him the ball a decent amount. Well, I mean, and he'll, he'll yeah. come up and pop some kids. I saw him light up some kids uh, from U High. So, you know, he definitely buckle, buckles up the chin strap. And I don't know. I didn't get a chance to see how many kids uh, flop on the ball, uh, offense to defense, vice versa. So. Quite a few. I mean, every wide receiver basically plays DB. Uh, their running backs play linebacker. And the only area that they may kind of – uh, actually, two platoon is O and D line, but I yeah. imagine that there's guys that go both ways there. And how many how many guys do that for prep? No one. Not many, right? No. They platoon, I think, for, yeah. for the most part. Mm-hmm. So that that could be a good advantage for uh, Gonzaga prep, especially if it's a close game going in the fourth quarter, um, and on a short week, at least for Ferris, prep coming off of a bye. Um, you know, they've had a little time to rest, heal up a, a bit. And that kind of thing, but uh, yeah, it's it, it is a pretty intense rivalry, and it goes way back. I remember when I coached at prep, I got introduced to the Ferris rivalry. Um, I think it was Coach Anderson who used to coach at prep, and then went to Ferris, and I don't know. There's a whole incestuous thing that goes on, and well, it's all those South Hill kids, basically all those South Hill kids that ultimately decide to go to prep and don't go to Ferris. And then they have kids that they're friends with. Neighborhood that, kids, yeah. Yep, neighborhood kids that go to Ferris. And so yeah. you're playing against guys that you grew up around and all of that and, you know, played against an AAU. Um, right. But, yeah, you know, what I always found interesting is when we first moved up here, Ferris was not the – well, I didn't think Ferris was the main rival of prep. I thought it was LC. And then it seems like over the years it's evolved into this, no, Ferris is the school that prep kids can't stand – and the one everyone circles on their calendar as far as, 
you know, we got to be Ferris kind of thing. Well, and that's probably cyclical depending on who's having, who's in, you know, high schools tend to go in cycles where programs, I can only speak to football, but I think it's probably generally true with all the sports. They generally go in cycles where you have a class of kids for three or four years that come through, very athletic, pretty bright, and they have success. And then you hit kind of a down cycle. Maybe your numbers are down, sizes down, that kind of thing. And then you you go through that cycle and then it turns around again. So, um, yeah, when I was coaching at, at uh, Gonzaga Prep, LC, um, Lewis and Clark was, they were a big rival for us. Um, in fact, remember, I don't know if you remember, but when your brother Grant was playing, they tried to do the, the midweek dinner thing. Yeah, that was yeah, and that <laughs> that ended with uh, who was it? Was it was it year out that came out and said that you better buckle up your chin straps because we're gonna come hit you in the mouth. I think tomorrow. so. Yeah, and that's when <laughs> Coach Dave Carson was the varsity football coach, yeah. head coach, and yeah. So I think that was a one and done deal on the dinner thing. <laughs> so, um, but anyway, you know, but but Ferris has been. A very good program for a long time. Uh, they've had their trouble recently with new coaching and all you're, that kind of stuff. You're out was a smart hire, though, to bring in a guy that's been around the GSL as, as long as he had, the reputation he had. That was probably the right move for Very Ferris. smart because he's, while other coaches are familiar with him, he is also very familiar with what everybody else does, except for, you know, we have a few schools that have had coaching changes, but with the GSL kind of realignment and how they're doing it now and how they're going to do it down the road, that probably is not really an issue anymore, going to be an issue anymore. But for now, one thing about year out, you know what you're going to get. You yeah. can almost guarantee what he's going to run defensively. Um, and, and they they seem pretty balanced as much as they stretch the ball. Um, their quarterback, he's a senior, Jack Clevel. And uh, I think... He looks like he throws a decent ball. I mean, I don't think he throws as good a ball as a guy like Connor Halliday did back in the day, but um, I think he's decent. But the, he seems as if he brings a sense of balance where Ferris, when Sharkey was there, was very, very, you know, pass happy. He, you're out, you know, coming from uh, LC where he ran the, the single stretch uh, and, and zone, zone plays. I think he's brought a good element of that to keep Ferris pretty balanced. And so, you know, that concerns me a little bit because it's not necessarily a team like me that lacks an identity. They have an identity. I mean, they know well, who they are. And you're, one thing you can guarantee is that Coach Urout is going to have his Saxons ready to play a very physical game. Um, no matter what the score is, they're going to play prep very physical. So, you know, it's going to come down to like every prep game. Can prep move the ball on the ground? If they can... They'll have good success, and I think they'll come out with a win. If uh, if you're out, who who knows Prep's offense pretty well, um, you know, if the kids execute well and give them a tough game, it, it could be it could be a close game. So. so on the defense side of the ball, you kind of see what I mean. Do you see the linebackers being tested most this week, or that secondary? You mean for Prep? Yeah. Um, I would say they're secondary. Who's played pretty strong? I mean, Brandon Kelly's played strong. He's, you know, he's had a couple picks this year. Um, Isaiah on the other side well, has played pretty well. So they've been able to get decent pass rush. That's huge. That's and a that, good point. And when you can make the quarterback throw off platform, uh, where he's uncomfortable, 
He's not set, that kind of thing. We saw that against Meade. Um, however, when they didn't get to the quarterback, there were guys wide open. So they've, they've got to be ready. Um, but Coach Higgins for prep, he likes to blitz. He'll have all kinds of exotic packages that they've practiced for. I mean, you gave, you gave Higgins nine days to practice. He's going to have everything in the book yeah. ready to go. Uh, whether he'll call it or not, I don't know. But he, he's a guy who likes to believe in a lot of different packages. So um, I think it'll be an exciting game. Looking forward to it. Yeah, so uh, prediction. You know, we don't typically do that, but we should start. I think it's something good. If you had to give a uh, prediction on the final score tomorrow at Joe Albee Stadium at 730, what uh, what do you think this outcome is in this game? Uh, prep 24, Ferris 21. I think that's good. And I, I love the fact that you're giving a field goal in there for your man, Evan Duchesne. Kicking game in high school is really underrated by most people. Um, fans who watch the games, they see a field goal and they go, oh, you know. Uh, as a coach, if you can get a touchdown plus a field goal, that's huge in high school football. So, yeah. And the fact that he's doing a very good job of kicking the ball right now, uh, I think they have a lot of confidence in him. And, uh, you know, um, I think that that could play a very, very big factor. He's also the punter. Yeah. And he's been doing a heck of a job punting the ball. Yes. I mean, You're... he flipped the field a few times in the Mead game that was really impressive. Yeah. I'd probably in I'd probably say a 17-10 game. Uh, I see it pretty similar probably to that CV game where CV's offense is one of the better offenses in the GSL. And I kind of see it similar in that where that final was 17-7 when they played Ferris. I kind of see 17-10. Uh, not to say that Preps defense isn't, you know, uh, better than CVs. It's just the rivalry and all of that. And I'd probably see a good 17-10 game, especially with it potentially being a little bit wet. Uh, that could obviously influence things. So should be fun. Get out there to Joe Albee Stadium. Uh, go say hi to Joe in the corner of the stadium before he gets torn down. On the uh, Albee asphalt. Yeah. And then uh, um, <laughs> let's try and make some noise about getting those uh, mini donuts to come back as the new stadium is built because uh, they are greatly missed. Yeah. What happened to the mini donut trailer? <laughs> Missed that. Me and uh, Adam Shackelford. All right. <laughs> so uh, thanks so much for the analysis. Now let's get into what everybody's been waiting for, the all-in segment yeah. that we've uh, you know, had a good time with. I mean, we I think we've had all but one, uh, you know, bad week. Uh, that one of those you had where it was just the questions didn't seem like no, you, they were up to par. You didn't like them. Yeah. Everyone who's listening loved them. They shared them with their family and friends <laughs> on the weekend. So, so yeah, let's let's get some good ones going today, and uh, we'll sign off and get those player interviews to you tomorrow. You know, before we go into all in, you should we next week we should think about getting uh prep alum coach alford on the show because he's got a huge game down in florida this weekend or this friday night big big game we should get him on think about getting him on next week to kind of let us know where he's at we talked to him before the season started yeah um you know it would be great uh but he's he's a very busy man the baby the wife the practice disney world yeah so well, we'll see uh, if we can hook that up. If uh, if we can pull him away, I believe it got a, quite a few listeners. Yeah, you know he he pulled some uh, some listenership from Florida here on which the is Prep nice. Podcast Network. Yep. Okay, but we're the Pup Sports <laughs> Podcast. Yeah, 
Exactly. We need to change that. All right. No, we did not. Okay. <laughs> nope. We're how many right. weeks in and you don't even know the name of the show. Okay. <laughs> all right. You so, ready? Without further ado, we've got all in. All in if you like it. All out if you disagree and you don't like it. Scott's got the categories. He asks me and uh, I set the record straight. Here we go. All in or all out. I have already got into some Halloween candy at my house. Well, the diabetes is real. So uh, my Halloween candy days uh, are not as active as they once were. But, uh, you know, it's not to say that I'm not one to take a bite of a candy bar here and there for just a little taste. And, uh, yeah, I think that that's fair. I mean, I've done a couple of events myself where I've put some Halloween candy out. And uh, if you're ever curious on uh, what brings people to a table or interested in even saying hi to you, uh, some candy out there is, will do the job for you. So all in on getting into the What'd candy. What did you take a taste of? Uh, it was Snickers. Okay, good choice. Most people like Snickers. Um, I'd have to say I'm all, absolutely all in. As soon as Halloween candy comes out, I get it and have some. So, um, <laughs> yes. Yeah, you got to. All right. So we're both all in on that. All right. All in or all out? Chinese food over Mexican food. Hmm. Chinese food over Mexican food. Uh, well, I mean, there are things that I like about Chinese food every now and then. The orange chicken. Uh, probably, and here's what I would say after I've gone to China. You know, I've been to Shanghai. Mm-hmm. Um, actual Chinese food comparative to American Chinese food is kind of different. Uh, a lot more spice there. And uh, so that's probably why I would venture to say I'd be all out probably more Mexican of anything else because of the fact that um, there's such good variety. Burrito, taco, you know, you can kind of just get the stuff by itself. You know, carne asada, you know, you've enchilada. Uh, you've got all those different things that are at your disposal. So. All those different things. So like a burrito has meat, cheese, <laughs> lettuce. Yes, it all has the same staple. And a tortilla, no matter, and no a matter taco what. taco has meat, cheese, lettuce, and tor- Right. So, but yeah, I would probably say, yeah, it would probably say, uh, all out and, you know, definitely more in favor of the Mexican food, especially the desserts too. a churro. You ever had one? It's delicious. Yeah. Um, absolutely all out. Can't stand Chinese food. Don't like anything about it. It, uh, a lot of the stuff that people like is deep fried or it has some kind of orange glazed sauce over it. It's disgusting. Don't like it. Don't like the orange chicken. Don't like the ribs. Don't like any of that. I used to watch a kid at the school I taught at last year get the low main every year, or every year, every week, and he'd come out saying the same thing. I don't know why I got the low main. And it was like, <laughs> I don't know why you got it either, man. Like, that looks disgusting. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I'm all out on that. Okay. Um, all out or, or all in or all out. College football teams should have to win seven or more games to be bowl eligible. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting tired about the whole bowl system in general because we have now gotten out of hand with the, you know, poinsettia PlayStation Bowl and, you know, the Sports Illustrated Football Bowl. And it just it's become, you know, just a money grab for schools to where I would wish it would be more competitive to get into a bowl game, that it meant more to play in a bowl game because if it's really just a money grab like it is nowadays that's what all those out of conference games that you play in the beginning of the season are for all those schools that are you know your Appalachian state that go and get crushed are getting paid millions of dollars to go get crushed to Michigan or whoever it may be good point so if if that's the name of the game nowadays 
get get rid of half the bowls. It would be nice. And and have them closer to the holidays and just have that be your bowl season. And get the national title game off of Monday night, please. Such a waste of time, especially when you have to start it late. And it just, it bums me out. Get it away from Monday. Make it a Saturday primetime game to where it's like the Super Bowl. So bowl games, yes. All in on seven plus wins. That's what it should be because of the fact that you should have to earn a bowl game, not backdoor your way into it and go, well, we won six games. Well, we Speaking know to that, you, Washington State, because that's you this year. We know that we know that teams like to get bowl eligible because they get about 15 to 20 extra practices where they can uh, work with their young guys going into the next year, and it's a little bit of a money grab. Um, but all that being said, I'm I am absolutely all in for that because I think the quality of the bowl games, because bowl games are not going to go away. There's too much money involved in them, but the quality of the bowl games would be better. Right now, six and six means you're 500, and you're going to a bowl. No one cares about that bowl. Even the players don't care. Yeah, I, it bums me out when those guys sit out now. Yeah, that's, you're going to see more of that probably. But anyway, so I'm, I'm all in on seven or more, more games for, to be bowl eligible. I think that would be a step in the right direction. I, I, I credit you on that one. That was actually a really good one. I didn't see that one like, coming at like all. The, like the first couple were really good. Yeah, too. no, but that one okay. was good. I enjoyed that one. So all in or all out, I will watch the World Series. I mean, we turned it on the other night. We turned on the uh, NLCS. Mm, I don't even know if it was that. Anyway, uh, the divisional round, who knows? We turned it on to watch the Dodgers lose. And, uh, you know, there are people out there that get great satisfaction out of seeing an L.A. team lose. And uh, it was interesting to kind of see the Nationals play and play well, especially without Bryce Harper. And for that reason, because of the fact that the Nationals are in the World Series, I could see myself turning on an eighth or ninth inning, but an entire game, no way. I can't do it. Uh, you know, no matter how good the story is. I mean, you just listen to the announcers. I mean, you're going to tell me I have to listen to Ernie Johnson for how long? I mean, I know that usually the World Series is on Fox, but, you know, as much as Joe Buck's hairline uh, has grown over the years, uh, <laughs> my interest in baseball has not grown. Yeah, I'm all out. I haven't watched one baseball game from the first pitch to the last. I watched that little bit in the Dodger uh, um, National. Yeah. Dodger National uh, Divisional Series. And um, that one inning was exciting. <laughs> yeah, especially where Howie Kendrick hit that uh, yeah. grand slam. And then to... the grand slam put everyone to sleep. And then if you look at the, uh, if, you, if you look at what's going on uh, with the Nationals, I think it's the Nationals now. Yeah, the um, Bryce Harper list Nationals. They're, they're, I think it's the Nationals. I don't really follow baseball, but these games are over in the first inning. It's like twelve nothing. Yeah, no, that was the. Uh, was that the Cardinals? No, I don't know. Yeah, it was, was something like that. But it was uh, one of the final games in that last division series, where yeah, it was like ten one after the first. Yeah, you get inning, home from work, over. you sit down, you're gonna watch some baseball. It's over. Anyway, so yeah, I'm not gonna watch the World Series. I don't really care who wins. Um, it's just. World Series means that uh, baseball is finally over. That's the best thing about it. Well, the ba the big thing for Major League Baseball right now is the Yankees have to win that series against the Astros, and it doesn't look good at this point because if you can get that, you can get worldwide appeal to the World Series. 
But when a marquee franchise, you mean the Yankees in? Yes. Mm-hmm. When a marquee franchise is not in the World Series, good luck. No, no of one course. wants. No one wants to see the Astros and Nationals play. Are of you course, serious? You know the the two best teams for the MLB would have been the Yankees and Dodgers. Yes, and it's um, it's just it's always fallen short of that. The Dodgers every year. once again underperformed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Clayton Kershaw, I think, is still shaking his head and rubbing his hair in the dugout. <laughs> Okay, then the last one, this is for all those kids out there listening on the Pup Pod Podcast Network. <laughs> High school students bringing a cup of coffee to class. Okay, all out on this because of the fact that they never finish it. And it it's just it's such this fad thing. It, leave the cup of coffee at the Starbucks, save yourself four fifty because you don't finish it. You know, it's it's just become this thing of this status symbol. You know, tea's a different story. You want to bring some tea into the classroom? I'm all for that because you feel like uh, that person is bettering <laughs> because themselves. Because you like tea. Yeah, because they're bettering <laughs> themselves by, you know, drinking okay. some nice green tea in the morning. You, you know, know what's good for the body. Good mind, kind of weird. Mind, body, and soul. This might kind of blow your mind away a little bit with your age and everything, but I actually went to high school, and kids not only did not bring coffee with them, we didn't have to carry around bottles of water with us. And well, we seem to be okay. Well, okay, so... That's weird. Uh, yeah, I mean, um, you're just not a fan of saving the turtles, and that's why using less plastic water bottles, and now we've got the reusable ones. And including a drinking fountain at Gonzaga Prep, you can locate it near the uh, track office that was donated by the class of 2011. That was my year. And I didn't even know that that was our legacy gift, but we have do- donated a drinking fountain yeah, right Most there. schools, I think, have water fountains around yeah. them. Well, this one has a nice one that you can just fill up your water bottle in a standing. You don't have to do that tilt game where, okay. you know, see if you can play with it without spilling So I water. think we agree. We're both all out on the coffee it's thing. It's just, it's, it's, it's run its course. You and know, what, I, what, what prompted me to ask that is because where, where I work, there is a little coffee stand across the street. Jacob's Coffee. Right, Jacob's yeah, Coffee, Jacob's. Right? And right next to Jacobs is uh, Lewis and Clark High School. And every morning there is a line at least 15 to 20 students deep getting their coffee to go to class. Well, I do think that it's become a big thing for kids that it's not taste um, because we can ask anyone that enjoys uh, or if they are honest that they actually enjoy alcohol because the taste is awful. Um, Same there with coffee. The, The taste is not good. When you have to add sugar, milk, all these other things to make your coffee good, I, I don't believe then it's something they actually want to consume because it's like, it doesn't taste good. It's kind of like fish in a cup. <laughs> Everybody goes, I like fish. And as they pour everything in the world over it to you know, hide the, the taste of the Lemon, fish. lime, um, yeah. vinegar, tartar. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I agree. It's just... I feel like coffee is running. Not its only course. that, but then the coffee stays on your breath for quite a while. Yep. And the teeth. You gotta think about the teeth <laughs> the as well. Teeth. Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah. So we're all out on that. Okay. All so out, I think yeah. we agreed on almost all of them today. Yeah, no, those were ones I think right up our alley. I think uh well picked. Really well picked. I appreciate that. As finally, usual. I, no, I feel like this was a week finally you kind of put it together where he was like Okay. Or, you know, finally reached that level of comfort where we could actually bring in some solid topics that people are going to actually listen to and go, okay. If it had only been the 400 play episode that we had, but maybe it will be because we're leaning up to a big game. Well, again, feel free to share these topics, family functions, friend gatherings, and post something on our Facebook page on the uh, Pup 
podcast Facebook page. Okay, but it's the Pup Sports Podcast. If you're going to do a plug, you got to do the okay, plug correctly. Whatever it is, face page. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, so give give us some feedback if you like the all in and that kind of thing. I'm and kind of what thinking, you think of the show. I'm kind of thinking one next week and we'll play with it because we're going to have Halloween right around the corner uh, or maybe even the following week after that. Some costume all ins would be kind of nice. Could I'm be. seeing. Seeing that that could be a, a good one. Could be. Yeah. Could be. So uh, get out there. Uh, bring your slicker tomorrow uh, for the game against Ferris. I don't think it's going to rain, but just in case it does. I mean, I feel 20% like, right now. I feel like every game that we've had this year has had weather that's been uncharacteristic. I really haven't had one of those like, oh, you know, it was a pleasant evening out here for football. It's been, where's my coat? You know, I need to make sure I stay warm for this game. So come out True. and support. Uh, get out there to Albie first oh, home away from home game. And, uh, you know, the last year for Albie should be fun. And, uh, Scott, you'll be there too. And, uh, we'll be enjoying the game. Go pup. Go pups.